Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Ishan Grover, who is the founder of Swiss, uh, which is a personal hygiene brand crafted with the mission to make hygiene a habit in India. Hi Ishan, welcome to ELI. Hi, hi, thank you so much. Thanks for having me here. Such a pleasure. I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience, please. Right. So my name is Ishan Grover and I'm co-founder for Swish. Uh, Swish is actually like, it's, like uh, it's a personal care brand focusing on personal hygiene. And uh, we are one of the category creators and innovators for male intimate hygiene, which is a very, very niche market in India. We started our journey in 2020 during middle of pandemic, which I will probably narrate my story, how, it, how I ended up opening Swish. But uh, Yes, it's been just, 20, uh, we just finished our 24 months and been a roller coaster ride and uh, and currently loving it, what I'm doing. <laughs> awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, as in uh, wh what did you study or uh, wh how, how did you get introduced to the category you are operating in or, and what is the reason you chose to do something around this industry or category? So very interestingly, uh, before COVID 2020, I was into craft beer industry. I actually one of those initial guys who started craft beer revolution in the country. I've done MSc in brewing and distilling from Scotland. Mm -hmm. And everything was going on really, really well until COVID happened. And we uh, kind of reached to a point where major 99% of my business was shut overnight. And we had no mm -hmm. idea how how to overcome this and during that time i guess uh, so my co-founder was from advertising agency uh, his name is jd he he had moved to canada and uh, he was here just for one week and then uh, modi ji announced lockdown and he couldn't travel back to canada mm -hmm. and both of us uh, sitting at home uh, every day we were losing money our we our employees were like literally had no jobs and we had no clarity from government how things were going to move in. So mm -hmm. there was very clear uh, decision in my mind whether I sit back and wait for things to get better, which eventually didn't get better till last year, but, or uh, pivot and think about doing something better. And uh, I guess during that time, uh, hygiene became one of the most important topics and everybody was realizing uh, uh, how important uh, uh, your hygiene products uh, are and uh, and that time I realized uh, if I have to use certain product for rest of my life it needs to fit in my lifestyle it needs to have it it cannot uh, it cannot act like a pharmaceutical product so otherwise I will not use it and I realized mm -hmm. most of the sanitizers disinfectants and everything very very they had a very gloomy and a very, uh, you know, functional uh, look. And we realized yeah. that, um, so when me and JD used to talk, we used to say, uh, hey, uh, can can I make something for millennials and Gen Zs? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that's where we said, if you have to make it, we have to make it very cool and we have to make it very swag. It need, needs to have a, fa a fa fashion statement. It needs to fit in one's lifestyle. So mm -hmm. that's where we decided, uh, we started our first range with hand sanitizer, which uh, looked like a deodorant. Hmm. So a DOGS sanitizer, which was our tagline. And I created a category called Gadget Disinfectant Vibe. So hmm. I, I'm still a market leader in that. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm i sure you might have also done it during those times. Everybody was spraying uh, sanitizers. Right, yeah. 
ఎనిఫైడ్ and then innovate in that need and if you are able to do both these things together obviously the company will go hence the success uh, reason of our success is well we have identified what is missing in this market we have innovated traditional formats uh, for example uh, we recently uh, last year we launched a category called hair removal spray for men which is india's first hair removal spray for men and uh, for generations uh, people created products for women which was there in depletory cream but nobody had thought about doing it for men and men had issues so there there are players there are creams available but mm-hmm. we realized that we, we as men are very lazy we, you know we want things with lot of convenience so i thought uh, can i can i make a spray and uh, that spray should spray uh, put on my body evenly and i wait for 8 10 minutes and then swish and it's gone and that comfort of doing things so easily and the packaging in itself uh made us the category leader in that uh, segment we were the first one to innovate something like this and uh, further on uh, we we introduced more products in uh, intimate hygiene for men which was very very ignored um i'm sure you and uh, you might have probably i don't know if you ever had uh, during summers uh, most of us get inner thash- inner uh, thigh rashes and right, everything yeah. humidity the only solution that you could find in the market was mostly tubes or powders or something like that so we uh, introduce india's first roll on you know you don't have to messy your hands just roll it on and and um, and it, your thigh rashes is no longer a problem and uh, we we identified how many men were suffering from this issue and nobody was doing anything about it and uh, we innovated created a difference in the in the product and that's what gave us almost uh, we've grown almost uh, 2000% in 2 years hmm. uh, i think that's that's what uh, separates us from a lot of people who started businesses right um i i would love to go a little back in time and want to understand uh, prior to entrepreneurship uh, what what were your visions about future how how did you grow up and uh, you know where did you find that bug of entrepreneurship I mean why what motivated you or triggered you to try your hands on honestly i have only worked in my life for 11 months that's my only job in 10 uh, in uh, almost 12 years back i've always been an entrepreneur and uh, uh, one of the things i think uh, why i always did that because I always had this thing that you know i i have to create things and i always like i said i started a craft beer revolution in the country i set up more than 70 breweries in india I set up a huge trend in the market and uh, uh, for some reason i always had a thing that you know who have nobody whatever industry nobody touches i am one of the pioneers in that so alcohol making you know nobody could imagine a guy making beers in the morning and whiskies in the morning mm. so um, as an entrepreneur i've always been an entrepreneur from 2012 itself I've done various various startups uh, in different uh, walks of life and uh, and uh, failed in most of them but uh, eventually you know it's a journey and then uh, each startup teaches you something and then you learn and then you grow and you understand this is these are the mistakes we did that time we shouldn't do that 
but um, yeah unfortunately i've always been an entrepreneur uh, since the beginning <laughs> got you uh being an entrepreneur is also a challenging job uh, uh so tell us about the challenges uh, uh, as in um, how how do you manage people how do you manage ma- the changing uh, market needs and the you know different market factors like war and uncertainties funding for winter and you know uh, how do you what are the different challenges that you have faced and how did you tackle them i think for every entrepreneur the challenge is pretty much remains the same i think uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, one of the most difficult task is uh, to take decisions every single day every single minute because there are so many people dependent on your decision and your decision has to be right most of the time even though you if it is wrong it has serious implications on you on your company on your people who are working with you mm-hmm. and uh, i think uh, one of the biggest challenge that every entrepreneur including me faces is taking a right decision and mm-hmm. following your vision um, but managing people is yes uh, i think uh, this is uh, this is this is one of the biggest concerns for every single one because people who come and work for you um, they have high expectations and we have high expectations there is result that needs to be achieved at the same time there has to be some sort of uh, balance in life and uh, i i usually try to keep that balance uh, with my people around and try to motivate them as much as i can but it's a tough job it's, it's a really really tough job you can't uh, you can't always be doing the same thing so yeah managing people uh, becomes a task uh, over a period of time and uh, and what what actually i do to keep these things is i i, I usually don't take that much of stress i hmm. try uh, like moment 7 pm 8 pm i usually try to unwind and whatever happens in office stays in office after that like even if i have shouted on somebody we probably go down and over a chai sort things out and see let's let's fix this tomorrow instead of dragging it overnight and you know ruining his or her mood and uh, taking stress home back that, that's what i do got you you, you said uh, you take a lot of decisions and uh, that that's true every entrepreneur has to take uh, like uh, thousands of decisions throughout the lifetime every day is a new challenge uh, but there are some days uh, when you are not uh, uh, yourself really you are not feeling 100% and uh, that day probably some of the decision you take might turn up as a blunder or something like that so uh, can you i mean i am not saying you have done it but uh, can you can you share some of the uh, stories of you know very bad decisions you took or maybe some blunders you did during your entrepreneurship uh i i think um, uh, one thing that i have learned over a period of time if i'm not certain about something i usually delay the decision i don't take i, I and i i've learned that delayed decision it's a decision itself so uh, if i'm unable to solve something at a particular point of time i genuinely ignore it and wait it for one or two days and then see how things pan out and it, and it if you give some decision a time uh, you eventually get a clarity whether it was right or wrong but yes um, many wrong decisions of my life uh, i don't know if i should tell publicly but yeah um, uh, i think the wrong decision is what makes you right over a period of time and uh, whenever uh, i have taken a uh, wrong decision has always been a learning from it and i always 
uh, thank that I took the decision because if I don't take the, if I would have not taken the decision that I would have never reached where I am today. So yeah, <laughs> gotcha. that's a non-political way to answer this. Gotcha. Uh, you are uh, now cracking the D2C market. Uh, and D2C is probably one of those one of those segments in India which is growing very fast and a lot of D2C companies are coming up. And the consumers are also changing their uh, preferences. They are preferring D2C brand uh, over a typical generic brand which is available on, um, on, on the store, on the physical store. Uh, so <coughs> a lot of our listeners, they are also aspiring D2C founders. They want to do something in the D2C space. So tell us a little bit about the dynamics of this industry. How to crack the market? Uh, how, how does someone uh, find a product that 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 really is needed in the market and uh, how do you how do you find the distribution channels what are the different channels available and what is the technique do you uh, adver start with advertisements or do you you know start with product sampling and what is the way to crack the market okay i still don't know what is the way to crack the market i'm still learning that but yes uh, there's so many questions in the single question that you have asked so i'll try to uh, answer them uh, very, very individually. Uh, I think uh, D2C as a segment, uh, I, I, if you go back uh, 10 years back, if you had to build some business, you need a, a lot of uh, wealth to do it. And literally, there was no option for you to start and uh, gain success because the distribution was very tedious. Retails is something that as a consumer brand, it was very difficult to do it. You need large budgets. Uh, direct to customer thanks to internet penetration i think uh, that problem has been solved and uh, now uh, entrepreneurs like us can really really reach out to the market and test our products at a very very minimal cost uh, which usually doesn't happen uh, couldn't happen if there was no internet penetration or the d2c space so i think uh, that's how uh, the dynamics of d2c works is how do one how does one start is something that uh, let's say uh, you have an idea and you want to test it out, uh, you can very easily set up a store at Shopify and just test the market out on Facebook. Easiest way of starting anything. And you understand what is the need, if there is a need, if people are buying your product or not, you sample it and you get your feedback. Uh, during this time, I usually tell people is, uh, you have to wait for at least 10,000 orders to reach to a certain conclusion because by then you know if your product was justified, if there was any feedback required, if there's a product improvement required, or what are the challenges that you face over a period of time. I think the right benchmark, probably it was for me, I had this 10,000 rule where I have to first do 10,000 customers. And once I did that, the next 1 lakh became easy. Now we have done almost 2.5 lakh customers in just 24 months. So I think that's a weird thing. And third thing I feel is uh, while you are scaling up, while you find it, uh, I think Facebook is the best platform initially to start with because you have low budgets and you literally don't know uh, if you go into marketplaces, Amazon and Flipkart, unless you have a really, really great product, uh, it's very difficult for any brand to establish onto marketplaces at a very early stage. So low entry cost barrier is Facebook. You can uh, start advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever works uh, and uh, start doing the business with them. Uh, but over a period of time, uh, you need to understand uh, what is selling today might not uh, sell again if you don't uh, focus on building a brand equity. Uh, 
tell us about uh, some of the interesting lessons that you have learned during your entrepreneurial journey. Some uh, <laughs> Uh, it's a slow journey if you like uh, i'm sorry i interrupted it between uh, that was another lesson for me but yeah uh, <laughs> biggest lesson that i i've learned is if if you see something spiking uh, and you see an initial traction for any business anything you just have to wait uh, you have to uh, you have to reach to a point whether that growth is stable uh, inorganically growing anything will lead you to accidents and uh, those can be very very expensive accidents <laughs> mm. speaking of growth uh, sometimes what uh, startups do is they uh, find some growth hacks and they deploy them to achieve quick growth without spending a lot of money so any growth hacks that you have deployed and found success in it which can be you know copied or adapted uh, by other uh, aspiring founders uh, honestly i've never found a growth act till now i we we've struggled a lot with everything uh, we've learned it from the hard way and we built our business with a lot of hard work uh, i have heard stories of how facebook is this and how the, it never gave us uh, we we started very slowly steadily and uh, it took us 2 years to reach <laughs> sorry it took us 2 years to reach where we are today and uh, it was just built on uh, with lot of patience and uh, unfortunately there was no growth hack that i could use uh, so far maybe i'll listen to the podcast and if there is other people who found it i probably use that uh in d2c can you tell us what are some of the numbers that you track on a everyday basis to understand which direction your venture is growing uh, or uh, what wh what is the uh, progress rate if i were to i think uh, uh, some of the uh, some of the very specific numbers one should track is definitely your roas which is return on ad spend uh you have to see which channel is performing and whether you whether that is giving you returns or not whatever you have advertised i think that's where your major cash burn also goes out so that is one thing that i usually tell, uh, i mean highly recommend one should see and uh, second thing is your uh, your rtos rtos kill the business so if uh, if 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 rto numbers are going high no no matter how much top line you add Uh, it eventually ends up being a thing, and in in RTO, I usually tell people is uh, a lot of shipping industry say, "Yeah, this is an industry standard." It's actually not an industry standard. It's something that you have to understand that why is customer returning your order, or why that order was not delivered to that customer. And there are several factors to it. So one is ROAS, second is RTO, third is if you could focus on the feedback score. Uh, i have had instances where i've got bad feedbacks about things and uh, instantly uh, i understood that i need to put a mechanism in place where i am able to get a first hand uh, experience feedback from my consumer and i still do it i i directly get an access to any feedback that comes to our swish portal and immediately address it in multiple ways a address that uh, problem immediately with the client with the customer and go back do a deep dive analysis what were the numbers how many people are saying the same thing and uh, what is required to fix it if you don't listen to the customer no you can't survive you just can't ignore them you can't build a brand without uh, <clears throat> working on your feedbacks That's so i think these three are very very important and then don't burn money you have to check your beta margins uh, betas <laughs> right 
that's the fourth matrix you spoke about the 10000 customer rule um uh, but uh, in general i want to understand uh, what is product market fit in in d2c industry or in any industry in general how is there a measurable way to find that your product is market fit and then you can go after uh, the market with all the cash and uh, marketing budgets see uh, what we did i can tell you that uh, we introduced uh, we we don't have many products in our bouquet we have only have like 14 15 products and each product represents a very very large category and in that category uh, we we thought this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem and we launched our products but we went when you actually go into the market and then you realize it could be problem for you but it can't be a mass level problem so moment you realize that one of your product is being sold at a, a is being continuously sold and you have repeat customers coming to you to buy that product which is your uh, it also builds your ltvs uh, so that's when you realize okay there is a need and then there is a product market fit and moment you've reached a certain point consistently for 6 or 7 or 8 months and your customer acquisition cost goes starts going down is when you realize okay this product definitely there is a need for it and you have done some innovation and people are accepting it and there is great feedback so i i think for me that's product market fit uh, yeah i would define that got you uh, my final question for you uh, what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you how would you define the term entrepreneur or who is an entrepreneur as per you entrepreneur is a superstar yeah. <laughs> it needs uh, uh, you need to have lot of patience you need to have lot of flamboyance you need to have lot of confidence you need to have smile all the time no matter how hard the journey is uh, you are the hero of the film and uh, you have to be you have to act like one because if you are down uh, the entire company goes down <laughs> okay hero of the film so i have just one last question coming to my mind um let's say we make a movie out of your life and uh, uh, you are the lead star in that uh, how would you like to see the first scene of the movie start with uh, as in where did your entrepreneurship journey start you know this is very very interesting i'll tell you honestly i would uh, i saw this movie called guru Uh, when i was in college in college and the first scene itself intrigued me a lot and i would like to do that someday where guru bhai goes out and there is reliance industry he's doing that and that was like i i usually watch that movie a lot whenever i feel down and like in a year i watch it two or three times for sure and i would like to do that <laughs> something like this awesome thanks for your time ishan uh, and it was a great pleasure to have you on our platform Thank you so much.